G'day you mob, Pete here, and this is another episode of Aussie English, the number one place for anyone and everyone wanting to learn Australian English. So, today I have a GOSS episode for you where I sit down with my old man, my father, Ian Smithson, and we talk about the week's news, whether locally down under here in Australia or non-locally <laughs> overseas in other parts of the world, okay? And we sometimes also talk about whatever comes to mind, right? If we can think of something interesting to share with you guys related to us or Australia, we also talk about that in the GOSS. So, these episodes are specifically designed to try and give you content about many different topics where we're obviously speaking in English and there are multiple people having a natural and spontaneous conversation in English. So, it is particularly good to improve your listening skills. In order to complement that though, I really recommend that you join the podcast membership or the academy membership at aussieenglish.com.au where you will get access to the full transcripts of these episodes, the PDFs, the downloads, and you can also use the online PDF reader to read and listen at the same time, okay? So, if you really, really want to improve your listening skills fast, Get the transcript, listen and read at the same time, keep practicing, and that is the quickest way to level up your English. Anyway, I've been rabbiting on a bit, I've been talking a bit. Let's just get into this episode, guys. Smack the bird, and let's get into it. Man, foxes are cunning. They are. I thought you were going to say something else then. <laughs> want to drop the C-bomb. Cunning. Cunning. Yeah, yeah. Cunning as a fox. Mm. I guess that's why we have that expression, huh? Yes, they are very smart. I bet. I bet that that expression exists in other languages. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yes. I bet. So, guys, let me know. It might yeah. not be a fox. It might be some other animal that no, is but similar, I, I, but I, I expect- I bet there that- is a fox one, especially European languages where there's obviously foxes. Yes. I'm almost yeah. 100% certain you would have that comparison. Yes, They're exactly. nifty little creatures. So, yes. All those um, Poles and Russians and Germans, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I had a story here. Phone app used to track down cunning fox to North Haven sand dunes after it stole a pair of shorts. <laughs> <laughs> That in itself, you don't need to do anything else. That's the story. All right. See you guys. See you next week. Bye. (laughs) The tagline itself is amusing enough. I know. Well, that's why I opened it and was like, wait, what? What? Yeah, it was- It was. It worked. <laughs> Clickbait for the title. Did I send you this one to read or is that uh, just a month throwing You sent it to me, but I haven't- I haven't looked at it yet. I no, have to confess. Call so. your pants down. I did. Yeah. All right. Um, that's the not, opening- not a pretty sight. <laughs> the opening paragraph was, find my phone apps typically hit the headlines uh, when they are used to track down a thief, but rarely does the bandit have four legs and a penchant <laughs> for nicking thongs from suburban beaches. Yes. So, this took place on a beach called North Haven Beach in Adelaide. Yeah. I've, I've never been there. Nice place. I take it you've been? Um, you've been I, everywhere. I have, but I can't remember. <laughs> I have been there, but I can't remember it. So Yeah, cool. So, it's probably good then. Obviously, you don't remember it as being bad. No, it is it is neither <laughs> sensational nor terrible. So Well, um, yeah, be careful. You might All get those North Haven <laughs> locals, hi, how are you going? Yeah. Keep, keep, out, keep an Just eye out for the foxes. watch out for foxes. Foxes that steal phones. Anyway. Yeah. So, um, Ms- Waring, I assume that's how I say her name, was purported as saying, it was dark and late and my partner's little brother decided it was a bit cold. He went up to get his towel and saw a fox run off with his stuff. Uh, It had his shorts that contained his phone, his car keys and his partner's phone and my partner's phone. Um, 
the, the guy ran back to their house in, in, in his jocks only, so in his underwear, and had to get some spare keys uh, to get her phone, the person who's, who's reporting this, so that he could use um, the iPhone, uh, yeah, find, find my, my phone, phone app in order to <laughs> track it down. I'm like, and it worked. you'd hate to do it in a place where there's no reception. Yeah, or the phone is just turned off. Yes. Or, but, yeah. Yeah, airplane uh, mode. Yeah, exactly. So, he was saying it was moving around for a little bit, uh, so the, the little bugger still had it. <laughs> <laughs> An hour later, they tracked the phone and shorts to a fox den in the sand dunes. Mm. And they also uncovered a stash of other people's stuff. <laughs> <laughs> How many other phones? <laughs> yeah, that's it. it. He's making international calls. Yeah, um, uh, he's selling them on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> it was mainly shoes, a lot of thongs. <laughs> So, <laughs> they must and like thongs. feet gotta, for some have reason. You, have you explained what thongs are? Not G-strings. Yeah, not, not G-strings. G-strings. Not really thin underwear, toothless no, underwear. No, no, exactly. So, they are- no. um, Flip-flops. Yes. Yeah, sandals with no- With no back strap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's it. Jandals. So, jandals. So, oh, my New Zealand friends. Yeah, I know jandals. It's such a weird, weird thing. Yeah, but what's- you could have yeah, I know, more it's weird well, than thongs. It's, well, it's yeah. weird to hear it when you don't use it, right? That's why it is. Jandles, yeah, and your chili bun. And, yeah, and you're like, bun. what? And flip-flops are- Flip-flops, flip-flops are good <laughs> because it's onomatopoeic. Yeah. That's exactly what like they it. sound like when you're walking. They go flip-flop, flip-flop, flip, mm-hmm. as they slap off the ground and onto your foot. But you'd be worried if there's a flip-flop- you're kind of like, which one of your feet is- Is flopping. <laughs> is flopping and which one's yeah, flipping. I'm out of balance here. I'm <laughs> leaning over. Shouldn't it be flip, 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 flip? flip. flip. <laughs> and that would sound like you're the running flip, to me. Flip flips just doesn't work as a uh, as yeah. a name for something. Anyway, the fox. Yeah. So, I don't know. There, We were just talking about dingoes in the last episode. And I we were. Foxes- uh, Nifty little critters. They are, they're they're not dogs, though, are they? They're sort of- um, Well, they're dogs in a, in the sense that they the belong canines, to the right? um, canid family. Yeah. Um, but they are not very- Within the canid family, they're not very closely related to domestic dogs. No. Domestic dogs are wolves. Yeah. These guys species. are like jackals, right? These are, Foxes uh, and jackals. Yeah, and- yeah. Arguably a different genus. I mean, that- Coyotes? Are they in there, too, with them? Coyotes are separate again. Yeah. Coyote. That's a weird word. Coyote. Yeah, yeah, well, weird spelling too. Yeah. Coyote. You would yeah. not imagine that it's C-O-Y-O-T-E, no, right? I think that's an anglicization of a Native American word. It must be. Word. It must be. Uh, Although, you would so, imagine if it was a Native American indigenous word, they wouldn't have had spelling. So, who no, the hell they, screwed the spelling I know. <laughs> well, for all we know, the, and who knows which you know, people it came from, but they might have actually called them coyotes. Or sounded like coyotes when yeah. they said it, and then that person had an Australian accent, and it became coyote, yeah. and then coyote or co- so or an American accent, yeah. Well, but you know, <laughs> you, you, but it's that you know, Australian accent, but every vowel sounds like an I sometimes, yeah. So, but yeah, foxes yeah. are really crazy. The, the story I thought we could talk about how they got to Australia, right? They're these um, indigenous animals that are endemic to, well, I think, huge parts of Europe, right? Europe, At least yeah. the red fox, the yes. one that we've got here in Australia, is exactly. found all over the shop in Europe. It but is. the ones that we got here are from um, England, obviously, mm-hmm. I imagine. Yes. Came over. They were brought over in the late 1800s, actually. So, it's pretty interesting that it took 100 years after we colonised this it place was. to bring, well, <laughs> to bring it foxes required, over. It required um, the- British upper class to have arrived in mm-hmm. Australia, and uh, unlike many other <laughs> of the naturalisation society, as they were called, uh, animal imports. Uh, Do you want to mention that what here, that is? Well, yeah, it was it was a group of people who, yeah, you know, 
English people, British people who had come to Australia and decided that they wanted to anglicise Australia. They wanted, you know, their birds and mammals and things that they were used to. So, And we they, still suffer from we their, do. the Thank effects of this. Thank you for the rabbits. Um, <laughs> and the starlings yeah, and the Indian yeah, miners and the raspberries. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, there's all sorts of, uh, you know, things that the uh, naturalisation society brought over to anglicise Australia. And they just effectively what? They they basically the brought them over and let them go. Well, it was they blackberries. Along, it was blackberries. Blackberries, was it? They yeah. put them along uh, hiking trails, right, because they wanted to yeah, eat that was while Von Mueller, thank you. Uh, and he actually, Von Mueller, who was the head of the um, Victorian or the Melbourne uh, Botanic Gardens at the time. <sighs> and and he, was a, he was an amazing explorer of Southern Australia. And, you know, he described, collected, described and named, uh, you know, thousands of plants. Just knew bugger all but, about ecology. But Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he used to take blackberries out and just throw them out and he said someday people will thank me for having food <laughs> because he think he thought that you couldn't eat any australian native plants which he, he was wrong yeah um but talk to the locals you exactly, moron exactly. You, what do you think they're so eating? we have blackberries all over southeastern australia um yeah so the foxes though came out here because um the sort of upper class englishmen and they were all men decided that they uh, wanted to continue their fox hunting On tradition with, uh, where hounds, they get right? the yeah the fox hounds and the horse and the horn and the da -da -da -da, yeah. and off we go chasing the uh, foxes so you can't have a fox hunt ironically <laughs> you can now because most fox hunts in in Britain that was decided decades ago mm -hmm. that it was too cruel well, to have dogs chasing foxes. But quite often they would catch the fox and then have the fox with them and then let the fox go. They would, but- so There was nowhere- the, It's not like the fox knew where it was just in its natural <laughs> environment yeah. and knew where it could bail and everything. Exactly. It was just on the run, right? Like a uh, prison yeah, break. Yeah, and it was being, yeah, being chased <laughs> by dogs. Um, so, yeah, now, though, of course, you can- They do have fox hunts without the fox. They just let the dogs out. The dogs go hearing <laughs> off. The, <laughs> How do you compete in that sense? I, yeah, well, I, I, I don't know if it was up. ever a competition. I think it was just a sort of a nice day out uh yeah as the scotsman would say take up golf you know, yeah i guess all yeah, the women yeah. were doing what the high tea or something a yeah they something were preparing, a little nicer preparing the, uh, the champagne and the cucumber well, sandwiches <laughs> the uh, men yeah. are just like oh i'm gonna go kill some know, wild animals it's a little bit bizarre so we yeah that's how the foxes were introduced for fox hunting yeah and they probably thought you know what we're gonna have the last laugh here oh yeah yeah <laughs> and, and again because at the time they were introduced um, yeah, dingoes had started to be reduced, and yep. that would have been their major competitor. Uh, the only other large carnivorous animal that still would have been around uh, were dingoes, and so foxes just went, "Thank you." Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and because they're uh, generalist carnivores, uh, in fact, omnivores, they yeah, eat, eat berries and things. They eat anything. They survive almost anywhere, mm -hmm. and so they I think the only place they're not found, everywhere. unlike cats, which have been able to penetrate pretty much every mm. single habitat in Australia, even the deserts. Foxes have done the same, except I don't think that they can handle the monsoon tropics. Yeah. So, places like Darwin, I don't think they're able to handle yeah. the wet seasons yes. or, or potentially the dry seasons. Yeah. But I don't think you see them the in, the, in the big, you know, the true deserts, uh, yeah. sort of borderline deserts, you'll see them. Yeah, but there's apparently, based on this, in 2012, there were 7.2 million red foxes, volpes, volpes, or volpes, volpes, mm. the species name there, throughout continental mainland of Australia. So- Probably more than they have in Europe. <laughs> Let, let's see. Let's see. Let's do a little one there. Uh, maybe we can do the UK. The UK will probably kick the crap out of it. They're not going to have yeah. seven point. They've only got 400,000, apparently, foxes in the exactly. UK. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> there's more native- Well, there's more foxes in Australia than there are in their native 
homeland. It's the same with camels, right? We've had the well, same thing we've happen. Got, we've got the biggest population of wild camels in the world. In fact, we've Insane. got one of the only populations of wild camels because there really mm-hmm. aren't many wild camels in the Middle East where they originated, um, at least dromedary camels. Yeah. Um, there are still wild Bactrian camels in Mongolia, but uh, not many of them. But the foxes are- <sighs> It, it's one of those things where I always felt so bad for them because they seem like such beautiful animals. And when you actually see someone who's raised them as a pet, they're like halfway between a cat and a dog. Like, yeah. they're still really yeah. affectionate like a dog, but really kind of slinky and mm. like like just full of energy and like like a ferret, right? Yeah. You see them jumping <laughs> exactly. around and making mm. whining noises and you're like, yeah. this would be a kind of cool pet, they although be. they stink, apparently. They yeah. Apparently, they stink. <laughs> But um, do you well, that's how they they're marking territory all the time. So yeah. they just have scent glands on them that are uh, constantly producing this sort of fairly foul-smelling odor. Do you think we'll ever be rid of them? No, I think it's one of those things you'd need um that sort of CRISPR genetic stuff to be uh, released, right? Where you literally yeah something encode. Just, oh, oh, there are no males. Yeah, so one generation <laughs> they're gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but who knows what sort of effects that'll have? Well, yeah, and that look that's part of the trouble that we have now is, um, and yeah, check out the previous episode where we're talking about um, dingoes. Yeah, and where we're talking about the idea of uh, con- humans controlling small parts of the environment and the effects that that has on bigger ones. The fact now that we've had foxes here for 150 years or so mm-hmm. um, means they are now part of our natural environment. And if we were to go and take them all out, then what we know now as the natural environment will significantly change. And it will not go back to what it was 150 years no. ago because a whole lot of other things have changed as well. Well, we've done so- we've done a lot of damage, right? Because mm. you had so, you know, prior to Australia's, Australians, Australia being colonised, we had loads of these larger predators like dingoes everywhere. We had a lot more wedge-tailed eagles all over the place. Yeah. Only a few thousands of years ago, we had, you know, I think up to five different species of thylacine. <clears throat> uh, we had Tassie devils that were just devils and all over the continent of Australia. And lots of, of smaller um, predators like quolls and so yeah, on. Yeah, so. and the dingoes came to Australia about four and a half thousand years ago. I think they're sort of the reason for the decline of the thylacine and the um, Tasmanian devil on the mainland, the, yeah. the devil that's just been pushed onto Tassie where there's no dingoes. Same with the thylacine until mm. we hunted them out. But then you had, obviously, we've colonised the place. Humans released dogs. We started killing um, wedge-tailed eagles because we were worried about lambs. We started killing dingoes because we were worried about lambs. We let cats into the environment. We let foxes into the environment. And- and a lot of other um, domestic creatures as well. And they've all sort of reached a certain <coughs> balance, exactly. right? Where there was a lot of- I think, again, I, I, I'm not brushed up on this, but there was quite a few extinctions initially. You had a lot of small mm. marsupials and rodents disappear pretty quickly. But then I think it sort of plateaued and it reached, obviously, a sort of balance. And I think now they know that if you, say, kill rabbits off, the pressure from cats and foxes is suddenly now set upon all of these other native mammals. Exactly. That, that all these, the yeah, rabbits were yeah, sort of relieving the pressure. And bilbies and those sort of things. And, and if you remove the cats and the foxes, the rabbits yeah, go crazy. Yeah, exactly. And then that so, indirect, that sort of direct competition with the other native species. So, it is such a sort of house of cards mm-hmm. thing when playing this game now. Yeah. And look, I think it's mostly it's about balance uh, in- We've got a new balance now, and and if you try the new and, normal, the new normal exactly, uh, COVID and, normal, <laughs> eco normal, and, <laughs> and if you normal, yeah. if you try and make a huge change to that, 
with all the right intentions, then it's going to have some fairly dramatic effects and you're not necessarily going to be able to predict what they are. Yeah, going to be. unforeseen effects, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, do you think we'll, we'll move ahead with things like foxes and, and cats and other introduced species where it's just going to be a much more tentative kind of approach? I think it'll be geographically isolated yeah. uh, as much as anything else. Of, of There are lots of places where we are deliberately killing foxes, getting foxes out of, say, places like um, sensitive areas in national parks. Well, I think even excluding um, them, right? The arid recovery yeah. project in, I think it's South Australia, where they just fence off a huge portion yeah. of land yeah. and bait it, get rid of all of the foxes and cats. Exactly. Release bilbies and other native animals. them. But then just keep expanding it, where they yes. just fence off another area, exactly. bait it, and then introduce yeah. the native animals. Yeah, and now they, that is a huge effort and it takes a lot of time. And you need to keep the fences. They yeah. have to remain there. And and so, I mean, I don't know whether we've spoken about the Zealandia project in New Zealand um, I in think the we past, have before. But that's a, an extreme example of that. And, you know, <laughs> love New Zealand and New Zealanders yeah. because they just have a different view of the world. Um this is a 500-year project, yeah. and it was around a uh, a man-made water reservoir um, just out of Wellington. It was the uh, major water source for the city of Wellington, the capital city of New Zealand, um, and they realised that it was on a fault line, and you don't want your entire water supply to be on a fault line if they because they have earthquakes all the time. <laughs> if the damn wall gets done, then mm-hmm. suddenly you've got no water. And so they built another, um, yeah, water supply and said, well, what are we going to do with this place? Um, and they fenced it. It's, it's like Jurassic Park fence. It's, you know, eight foot high, huge, you know, seriously, um, protected, uh, fencing around it and spent decades removing, uh, all of the feral animals and from plants. Australia, yeah, because <laughs> they got they've <laughs> well, exactly. got brush-tailed possums, um, yeah, <laughs> and 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 also removing non-native plants. Yeah, and this is a five hundred-year project. Yeah, so because it is one of those ones where, and the idea is to try and get it back to yeah. what and or at least self-create um, an environment that has no impact from outside. I guess so, the biggest thing there that takes the longest amount of time is the growth of the trees. Right? It is. Yeah. yeah. And that, and that's why they didn't just suddenly go through and go, we're going to wipe out all of the European trees in one go mm. because you need uh, canopy trees to allow the native plants to grow up underneath them. And so there's been replanting of canopy trees, but they take 30 or 40 or 50 years to grow. Yeah. And then they but they're, you know, going through and effectively culling percentages of these trees out and other plants. Uh, and it's an amazing project. If you're in New Zealand and you're going to uh, to Wellington, go and check out Zealandia. It's, it's effectively a, um, a a native habitat zoo now. You've got to pay to get in there, uh, but it's uh, but when you go in there, you get you get your bags searched um, so to make sure you're not bringing in little rodents or insects. <laughs> um, you have to you know, walk your shoes through uh, disinfectant so you're not bringing in fungus yeah. or. Uh, and so they're taking it very seriously, but it's a great project. But it is one of those ones where if you want to restore an ancient ecology, you can't just do it overnight, yeah. but it has to be done in a small area. You can't just say, well, the whole state of Victoria is going to go, well, all right, what are we going to do for, you know, put <laughs> get guards up at the at the border and say, no, I'm sorry, you know, little marsupials, you don't belong here. Go away. Well, that's it. You don't realise that, yeah, things move, yeah. right? Anyway, guys, thanks for joining us. 
don't forget, if you want the transcripts and the bonus episodes for the GOSS, join up to the Premium Podcast or the Academy. And for everything else, go to Aussie English. See you next time. Bye. Alrighty, you mob. Thank you so much for listening to or watching this episode of The Goss. If you would like to watch the video, if you're currently listening to it and not watching it, you can do so on the Aussie English channel on YouTube. You'll be able to subscribe to that. Just search Aussie English on YouTube. And if you're watching this and not listening to it, you can check this episode out also on the Aussie English podcast, which you can find via my free Aussie English podcast application on both Android and iPhone. You can download that for free or you can find it via any other good podcast uh, app that you've got on your phone, Spotify, podcast from iTunes, Stitcher, whatever it is. I'm your host, Pete. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you have a ripper of a day and I will see you next time. Peace.